Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. If you got a question, ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer, a question about custody or a neighbor, ask a lawyer, ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers, joins us. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, guys. We're ready to go. Got some phone calls for you. Start with Cheryl this morning. Your question is about a will, Cheryl. Yes. I have a disabled daughter, and I'd like to know how to set it up so she's looked after. Okay, so I'm not sure if I have the name correct. I think it's called a Henson or a Hanson Trust. Uh, One of my colleagues who uh, practices in... Uh, as a solicitor, if you call a law firm, whether it's ours or somewhere else, and you ask for an, uh, uh, a solicitor or someone who deals with wills and estates, uh, they know how to set up those things. They're fairly standard now. And is that called Henson? Yeah, I think it's called a Henson Trust. Um, and what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a special way to set up uh, a trust specifically for uh, minor children with disabilities. Okay, so I, I take well, it there's some... She's not a minor, she's an adult. Okay, well, I think it could still work for a minor if she's under a disability. Um, I, I, I'm assuming that there's certain tax advantages to doing it this way, uh, okay. as well as other advantages, but I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Um, okay. But if I'm wrong there, and uh, there certainly is a specific type of trust and will that can be done when you're dealing with uh, disabled children. Oh, perfect, excellent. Thanks for your help. Good luck, Cheryl. Thank you. Mark, you've got a family law question. This is Ian's specialty. Go ahead. Morning, Ian. Morning, Mark. Um, so I'm a, I'm a stepfather to a wonderful little girl. She's three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mother and her biological father have a split custody agreement. Uh, I'm wondering what, uh, what rights do I have to my daughter uh, in the event of my wife's death? Okay. Uh, cheery thoughts for Monday morning, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I guess it's got to be. You got to plan ahead. Though, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. No, you do have to think about those things. So, <clears throat> Mark, um, as a step parent, you do have rights, but the focus of family law is not on parental rights at all, but on the best interests of the child. So, a judge in determining any issue looks at it from the child's perspective. What's best for this child? Now, if you have a close relationship with your uh, stepdaughter, the fact that you're not the biological parent doesn't mean that you haven't stepped into the role as a parent. And you could still uh, theoretically uh, obtain custody, joint custody, or at least uh, parenting time or access to the three-year-old. So the fact that you're not the biological parent does not preclude you from remaining a parent in the unfortunate uh, event of an untimely death of your wife. That's great. That's great, because he only spends about three nights a month with her, and I was, like, concerned that I wouldn't get to see her anymore if something happened. Yeah, and it all depends on the fact scenario, and obviously we don't have time to uh, go over that on the phone, but certainly it's open to you even obtaining uh, custody. That's great. All right, Mark. Thanks. Can I, can I ask a quick hypothetical? Like, what if instead of the wife dying, uh, let's say they got divorced again, so the stepfather was divorced and so was the biological father, would the stepfather also have visitation rights if he was with the mother for a while? If it's in the best interest of the child, then oh, the judge okay. would order it. Hmm. Linda gave us a call. She wanted me to ask you, Ian, her question is about criminal law. If uh, someone has a severe brain injury... Yes. 
and they're making threats on Facebook, right? can they be charged with that? Well, the short answer is yes, they could be charged with it. They probably would be charged with it. Whether they'd be convicted or not depends on a couple of factors. So to commit, to commit a crime, or most crimes, um, there has to be a physical act, but there also has to be a mental act. So actus reus is a Latin term for the, the act itself of doing it. And mens reus, you have to have the capacity to do it. So to give you an example, uh, it would depend on the level of disability, but there's this old case that every law student knows. I can't remember the name of it. It's so old. But uh, I can't believe a jury or judge bought it, but this guy was sleepwalking. Uh-huh. And while sleepwalking, murdered someone. I He murdered his uh, in-laws. Mother-in-law, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it just sounds like a likely one to go. But, uh, yeah. And, <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> yeah, oh. of, all, of all to go. Come on. And, and was, his uh, mother-in-law's listening right now, guys. Be <laughs> respectful. It was a long time ago. Uh, and um, was acquitted. Now, there may be other similar cases where somebody was convicted. This, this would have been in the... Well, what if a guy, a guy tried that recently too? I think it was his girlfriend this time, or something along those lines. He murdered her. He tried that same defense that right. he was sleepwalking. I think the only reason why this guy got away with it when he murdered his in-laws because him and his father both used to wake up in the middle of the night and cook full meals. So, like, well, if you can come do something as complex as cook a full meal, you can do something as complex as murder your in-laws. Yeah. So it's it's whether you can you f- uh, find the. You have the mental intent to do something. Right. Not, not all uh, crimes is that required. So it would be up to the judge to decide yes. what extent of the brain injury is and yeah. whether or not the uh, the capacity was there to make the decision I, to, to, to know right from wrong. And timely to your show on Friday, when I when I tuned in, I forgot what day it was, and you guys sound, sounded a little different than what I'm used to. But, yeah, we uh, were drunk. Yeah. So um, that actually, many years ago, somebody tried to plead that they couldn't be convicted of drunk driving because they were too drunk to know that they were uh, committing a crime. It did not work. It's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. a quote from The Simpsons where he's drunk. He's like, wait, I'm too, dry. I'm too drunk to drive. Wait, I'm drunk. I can't listen to my own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got more calls lined up, starting with Bob. What's your question for Ian, Bob? Uh, the police one talked to me recently, and I was wondering... Should I have went and told them what I told them, or should I have asked for a lawyer? Or yeah, I oh, think they're just asking for general questions, but I wasn't quite sure. Hold on, Bob. What did you tell them? <laughs> oh, that's an open investigation. I don't want to like. No, I, you, you don't have to tell me. But like, are you worried that you're a suspect in a case or something like that? I had no idea. It's just the police want to talk to me. So, so if I the police want told to, them what I told them, if the police want to talk to you. Should you always have your lawyer present? Well, a, every criminal lawyer would say yes to that. I, I guess it would depend on the nature of it. If it's clear that you are a uh, not a suspect, but... Person of interest? Yeah, who knows? If you're a witness to a fender bender, uh-huh. and the police come up and say, hey, what did you see here? If, say some of the, you're a good Samaritan. Somebody's asking you to wait around and, and describe what happened. That's one thing, but 99% of the time, no, uh, a criminal defense lawyer would tell you not to talk to the police without a lawyer present. Police are entitled to, this strikes people as uh, sometimes wrong, but they're allowed to lie to you. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have to tell you the truth. They can say that you're not a suspect when you are a suspect. Well, if I've learned anything from making a murderer, it's 
bring your lawyer in and make sure it's not Len Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you, Ian says every criminal defense lawyer would say, yes, if you're talking to the police, have a, a lawyer in there. But the police would say, well, you know, if you're innocent, you know, what do you have to worry Does about? Does it make you look bad? Or is there any legal ramification from bringing your lawyer into the room with you as opposed to just telling the police what you saw on your own. Zero. Uh, judge cannot use that, and a jury cannot use that against someone. Like he if they must not be guilty. Speak. The first thing he said is, I want to talk to my lawyer. Right. That that couldn't be used against somebody. All right. Now they said they said when I was in the room, I was being filmed and recorded. Well, could that be used against me as well? The film? Oh, yeah, they, you better believe it. Yeah, you gave a statement, so yeah, it could be used. <laughs> okay. Uh oh, <laughs> Bob. Uh, you know, maybe you didn't have your lawyer then, but maybe you should get one now. <laughs> Good luck, man. Okay, thank you, guys. Okay. Yikes! I would be scared to ask for a lawyer. You know, but there's so got- many innocent people that should have asked for a lawyer. We yeah. should have got Bob's last name so we can watch for it to pop up in a 980 news story <laughs> over the next couple weeks. Uh, let's go to Mike. What is your question for our lawyer, Mike? Hey, uh, I mean, um. I recently uh, got engaged, and uh, I have a home that I put significant investment in, and God forbid uh, something ends up in a divorce. What kind of protections can I have against my initial investment? Well, this is a really interesting one, uh, Mike, because in Ontario, a home, a matrimonial home is treated differently from any other asset. So let's say on the day you got married, you had RRSPs worth $10,000, and then when you separated, they were worth $30,000, and there are no other assets. Uh, she wouldn't get to share in the the uh, initial $10,000, only the increase over the... Uh, only the money that you made while you were married. Right, right. Yeah. Um, now, with the matrimonial home, that's treated differently. You cannot deduct for a matrimonial home if it's the same home on the day you got married and the day you separated. So, the... Probably the most sensible way to do it is to go and get a cohabitation agreement made by a lawyer. Um, people often refer to those as prenup agreements, but a cohabitation agreement is is more uh, legal name for it. Um, the only other alternative, which sounds strange, is if after you got married, um, a year later you sold this home and then you bought a new home, you would get, get to deduct the value of the home you came into the marriage with because it's not the same home as of the day. Right. You, so you, you could sell the home, if it's in your name, you could sell it, keep all the money that you made from that sale, and then go and buy a new house, which then would become the matrimonial home, and it would be split between you and your wife. So you can either get a prenup or you can sell your house. <laughs> Those are your options. And, and selling your house... Remortgage the house uh, before you get married too to take out a bunch of the equity out of it. Um, well, that would reduce. That's true. That would reduce the equity. Uh, but it, it's there are two very important dates: the date of marriage and date of separation. So, it's what's your value on the date of separation? What's your value on the date of marriage? Um, but if you know, Mike, it'd be worthwhile go meet with a lawyer for half an hour or an hour and find out what's the best option for you. Yeah, a couple right. hundred or a couple thousand dollars to get things set up properly could save you tens or possibly hundreds of thousands of dollars. It could. Pretty good investment. Out of curiosity, has she, have you had this conversation with her and has she said, I'm not that type of girl? 
Yeah, yeah, she said, she said that. Yeah, <laughs> they all, there should be. A, I'm a not that type of girl clause in one I of these. I would like, never try and take your money. <laughs> yeah, they all <laughs> say that. Ian works in yeah. family law. He's heard that story a billion times. Oh, I have. <laughs> that, that, that's why I have this phone call because I know she said that, but I'm sure it's a million times before. Well, Mike, good luck with your pending nuptials. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if they happen, it sounds like the wedding's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. All right. <laughs> if you need legal help, uh, CohenHiley.com is the website, or you can give them a call. Thanks again, Ian Snedden with Cohen Hiley, for stopping by. Ask a lawyer this morning. My pleasure. Wanna see you peacock, 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 Time to talk sports. Devin Peacock is here. Some crazy finishes in the NFL on the weekend. Yeah, it was pretty much uh, not, not every game in the NFL, but it almost felt like it when you're going through the highlights of what happened. I mean, the Oakland Raiders... Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers game looked like that was going to go to overtime. Pittsburgh should have won it, but even in, earlier in the game, uh, Ben Roethlisberger had to leave, came back at the end, helped Pittsburgh uh, look like they were going to pull it out. They had a chance to tie the game with a field goal late, and the kicker slips yeah. as he's kicking a it. A weird this slip, it. too, yeah. eh? It didn't seem like the field was, like, icy or slippery or wet that he would slip like that, but he clearly lost his footing. It's like his foot dug into the ground and he slid forward. It was a, it was a weird little fall there. It was. The uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in a uh, crazy game. They went to overtime. Amari Cooper won the game late in OT. What was cool about this was Cooper had three touchdowns in the game. His third obviously won it. But before the game, the Eagles were uh, talking tough to the Cowboys, saying that the Cowboys at this time of year always choke. So they were saying, we're going to, we're going to go to Dallas, and we're going to choke them. Karma, baby. And uh, then they come up and... Uh, Who's choking now? And they lost. The other thing, too, about the Dallas Cowboys, um, that's I guess that's good. This is here bad. There's one point in the game where the Philadelphia Eagles were doing their little touchdown celebration. One of the Cowboys comes over and interrupts it a little bit, like, just let them have. Their let them have their moment. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. was the What was the celly? They were They were all lining up to like hook arms and stuff. And he comes up right in front of them and just like get off. Like come on. Yeah. I. You know the the whole thing's stupid. The whole thing is stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> NFL touchdown celebrations are getting worse though, right? Like they're getting. It's turning into basketball level where it's becoming <laughs> too much. It is. It's dumb, but I kind of love it. I. It's one of those love hates. I hate it and love it at the same time because yeah. it is so ridiculous to see adult human beings do that kind of stuff. The uh, Chicago Bears Elliot Rams game, which I picked correctly, by the way. Way to go, Dev. Thank you. I uh, I've won the week. <laughs> yeah, we know. I'm, I'm, if you get Monday correct, you have a perfect week with your picks. I actually, I told you that, but then I reviewed. I was actually picked the Bills, so I'm uh, unfortunately. Oh, okay. So I, I gave you wrong information earlier. But you're still going to beat but the uh, Twins. Yes, I, I'm kind of like uh, Tom Brady in that, you know, you, you, you think I may be out of it at the start of the year, and then I just keep on packing up those wins to end the season. Or you're like Tom Brady where you think that the game is over and you're just packing your stuff up, getting ready to leave, and then the Miami Dolphins score a ridiculously amazing touchdown. And end up winning the game. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the miracle in Miami. Everyone thought this game was over, including the announcers. Tannehill will throw it. And this will end it after the shovel. Or will it? Miami running around, circling. Oh, look out! Kratowski didn't have the ankle. Touchdown! Oh, can you drink? A miracle! That was awesome. 
couple laterals. I love laterals when guys just start throwing the ball to, hey, now hot potato. It's yours <laughs> yeah. now, hot potato. <laughs> and it worked out for the Miami Dolphins. Just an awesome touchdown. Gronk looked like a buffoon trying to make the, the – he was the last guy before the end zone. In, in his defense, maybe you don't put him in that position to begin with. That's what I was thinking. Why would you put that guy? Well, they w- wanted him there in case. In case of a Hail Mary. In the, in that, you'd think that they're going to throw a big pass yeah. to try and get it into the end zone instead of doing what they did. And you want a guy with hot hands out there to catch that ball, intercept, end the game. They don't need to catch it, though. They just need to swat it down. Like, you think you just put sure. a defensive specialist there. Put, I know Gronk's the man, but. Get him, uh, your tallest wide receiver, just knock it out, something like that. I mean, that's, I that's easy to do, you know, Monday morning quarterback after the fact, but uh, maybe don't put Gronk in those situations. Okay, let's listen. Listen to the calls in uh, Miami and in New England. Which one do you want to hear first? Uh, let's do Miami first, okay. and then the obviously, sad New England one after. Obviously, uh, they were pretty excited. This is the radio broadcast. <laughs> you can't even tell what's going on. These guys are just flipping out. Tannehill, last shot, back to throw. They throw it down. They try to pitch it, and they do. The Parker, Parker pitches it. And it's Hear them hugging each other and jumping up and down. That is unbelievable! I don't believe what I just saw. So they were pretty excited in Miami. (laughs) New England, not so much. Daniel throws down the middle, caught by Stills. Laterals back to Butler, or rather Parker, who flips it to. Drake. He runs across the 40 of New England, angling inside oh, of the 30, 25, <laughs> 20, 15, oh, he's going to win the foot race to the end zone. The Dolphins are going to win it on the lateral. Once, then twice, and Drake takes it in, and the Patriots stand stunned in disbelief. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> now what do we say? <laughs> I don't, I don't know what downs. to say. Gronk must have slipped on all the Super Bowl rings. It is a touchdown. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was. It was shocking. I had stopped watching the game. I was in the other room. I heard the chaos going on. I'm like, what just happened? I ran back and had to rewind to see the, <laughs> see the play. Still, the best, worst miracle is the Music City miracle that did in our Buffalo Bills all those years ago. That was pretty good, Miami miracle. What was the Music City miracle? That was the that was in the playoffs where the uh, the Titans beat the Bills. It was crushing. And can we please not call anything a miracle if it's in the regular season? I know it's a big win over New England, but it's not a miracle unless it's in the playoffs or it really counts. Mm. Or uh, one of the guys runs on water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be a miracle. <laughs> this cannot be real. Headline. Uh, This has kind of gone viral. Started on Reddit. Somebody posted this on Reddit. A bride issues a dress code for her wedding based on people's weight. (laughs) What? A woman getting married in Hawaii next year. She sent out a Facebook message to her guests. And one of her guests is like, this is crazy. I'm posting it online for everyone to see. According to this, uh, this post, women under 160 pounds are supposed to wear a green velvet sweater, orange suede pants, Louis Vuitton red-bottomed heels, and a Burberry scarf. Women over 160 pounds are supposed to wear a black sweater, black pants, 
and black heels because black is slimming, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what? Men under 200 pounds are supposed to wear a purple fuzzy jacket and all white sneakers. Men over 200 pounds are supposed to wear all camouflage with black sneakers. So they fade into the background? (laughs) I guess so. This is like a football coach dividing people into positions based on weight. Okay, all the O-line guys in the black penny, wide receivers in the red. (laughs) I would be wearing camouflage at that wedding. (laughs) I'm over 200 pounds right now. Oh, I guess so. You'd be in your, uh, I'm assuming you're under 200, Jim. Yeah, I am, but I don't know where I get a purple fuzzy jacket, to be honest. <laughs> Regardless of what you're supposed to wear, uh, the bride says, quote, we want you to invest in an outfit valued at at least $1,000. Oh, my God. Isn't that much a wedding dress costs? Have a nice wedding. <laughs> I would decline this invite so fast. That's ridiculous. So word got back to the bride that somebody, one of her guests, had posted this online. And she <laughs> says she wants all the guests to take a polygraph now. <laughs> so she can find, quote, the snitch who put me on blast. Well, I hope one of the questions on the polygraph is, does anybody actually like me? <laughs> no. Ding, ding, ding. What a time to be alive. Have you been following this Mars stuff, Jim? A little bit, a little bit. Isn't uh, it incredible? It's mind-blowing that it really exists. I saw, yeah, the photos from the rover. and You believe it exists. I know you like conspiracy theories. You believe that this InSight lander is, is really on Mars. You don't think it's a soundstage somewhere? No, no. I'm still on the fence about the moon, though, but this <laughs> Mars thing. Seems legit. Yeah. Well, we now have the first ever audio recordings from Mars. This was released by NASA on Friday. It's so cool. So this InSight lander, it has sensors on it, and it picked up the sound of vibrations, they say, caused by a 10 to 15 mile per hour wind. So this is the very first ever audio recording from Mars. I'll give you a second. You may want to turn the radio up just so you can... You can hear it. It's not easy to hear. They had to uh, bump it up two octaves to make it easier for the human ear to, to listen to. So here it is. First ever recording from Mars. Hmm. That's it. It sounds like when you're in like the underside of a boat. Yeah, this is the second ever recording from Mars. Kind of similar. Uh, sounds a little more like wind. You can hear the wind more here. This is the number two, recording number two. Again, not super exciting, but it's from Mars. Yeah. Which is just mind-boggling that this can even exist. Okay, this is the one. This is going to give you chills here. This is the third ever audio recording from Mars. Really, I, I think you need to turn the radio up a little more for this one. It's a, a little harder to hear, but it's, if you listen carefully, there's something in there that... Well, it freaked me out a little bit. So I'll give you a second. Turn your radio up a little bit more here and listen very carefully to to this one here. 
Gotcha. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> Somebody just cranked yeah, it right yeah, up. I hope so. Some, some budding scientist. Let me hear this thing. <laughs> oh, my apologies. That audio wasn't actually from Mars. It was from Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, proof of uh, life, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's at least some sort of farmable gas maybe yeah. we can tap into. Something in the atmosphere.